This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. And now, that sweet intro lick will be provided by Jonathan. Thanks, John. Oh, hey there. Welcome to Dexplanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. This week, I looked something up on Wikipedia, watched some YouTube about it, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondale. What's good, David? Uh, hey, Dex. Hey. Uh, uh, I'm good. Uh, are you good? Yeah. I uh, found out that I'm going to have a place to live. Yeah, I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, that's always a, it's always a good thing not to be homeless. What are we going to learn about? We're going to be learning about heuristics. So, yeah, David's nodding. It's interesting. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. <laughs> Heuristics, like um, like the psychological phenomenon? Yeah, it's like, uh, so... Huh, Dexter Sorensen doing an episode on psychology. I actually just never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Are you trying to debunk something? No, not really. Weird. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it's one of those things that you hear people say all the time, but you might not hear it unless you already know what it is. Makes and sense, And then once yeah. you know what it is, it'll, like... Pops you'll up. hear it, all, like, all the time. Um, but yeah, so heuristics are mental shortcuts, and uh, they're like an approach to making decisions quickly and not necessarily th- making the best decision. So some common heuristics are rule of thumb or like common sense or educated guess or gut feeling. Right. Like Or like, yeah, traditional wisdom type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, gut feeling. Gut feeling, yeah. yeah. Just like going with what you think or like making snap decisions. And, uh, yeah, so they're pretty much everywhere. You do them all the time, no matter what. Oh, yeah, basically, it, I mean, there's it, not it, enough it's time. my opinion that it, basically only education on yourself and your own inner workings gives you the ability to kind of overcome some of this stuff is because y- you have to use, like, sl- you have to use slow thoughts. Like, yeah. you have to, I, I, what, I, what I mean is you don't need to know the term heuristics in order to like exactly. overcome this. Uh, what, what I mean is that you, you do need to know that you can't always trust your gut feeling. You need to know that sometimes logic and reason are way better tools to analyze a situation than just your feeling on it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So most of the time they're actually super helpful. Like they, like there's sometimes there's no way to have enough information to make a decision or like, yeah. So you oh, just yeah. need to make a quick decision. Yeah. If you and- chose cereal, cereal rationally, like what metric do you even use? Yeah. Like when you're choosing cereal you in an aisle, up. you should kind of go with your gut feeling unless you're like going for the thing with the most fiber, then yeah, that's just yeah. a matter of adding. So yeah, they're super helpful. They help you, they help you know what to order at a restaurant or what cereal to buy at the grocery store. They help you know like who to trust or what to wear, or to like avoid the dangerous situations. You're like, I've seen people fall off cliffs to their death. I probably won't go over there. Yeah, you don't even need a lot of rationalization. Yeah. You don't need to think about gravity or like no, Newton. and you might not even think at all. You just don't do it. Yeah, you just don't do it. Yeah, or another- you're compelled not to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another example of a heuristic is like a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah, so they can, it can go both ways. It can be helpful or not helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, on a societal level, it can be really unhelpful. And also, like, on a personal level, like, if you're if you're using these types of... If you're using heuristics to kind of set the tone for your behavior towards other people, there's a good chance that maybe you're 
I mean, not only are you possibly putting off some pretty offensive behavior, but also you may be like missing out on lots of cool, positive interactions. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, so let's get into some named examples of heuristics. We already talked about a few, like rule of thumb and Occam's razor or whatever. But uh, the most fundamental heuristic, according to Wikipedia, is trial and error. But there's also some other cool ones. Like the availability heuristic is making a decision based on how easy it is to bring something to mind. Wait, 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 wait. I want to go back. What is the trial and error heuristic? I don't understand what Oh, that just means. like doing things with trial and error. Like figuring out how something works by trying it, it doesn't work. Uh, doing it, uh, it doesn't work. Doing something else until it works. Oh, instead of sitting there and thinking about yeah, it, yeah. Instead, you mean, instead like of rationalizing, rationalizing exactly what through, would be the best way to do it, you just keep kind of throwing throwing things at a wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So trial and error is the most fundamental okay. heuristic. There's another one called availability heuristic, and that's making a decision based on how easy it is to bring something to mind. Right. I think I had falsely named but meant to call to reference this heuristic in a previous episode. In logical fallacies. Maybe, yeah, I think so. Um when talking about like um did we ever talk about the relative like shark attacks are oh, less yeah, common yeah. than I think pig attacks. We but, like, talked about it, but I don't but, know like, if it made it into the episode. Everyone everyone thinks that shark attacks would be way more common because you hear about every shark attack yeah. that happens for the most part. Yeah, or like you might be inclined to think that the world is the most violent it's ever been. But in fact, the world is more peaceful than it's ever been. Exactly. You just hear about it we on the news. We just hear about and, it a lot. Yeah. So in a 1973 experiment by Zversky and Kahneman, they got a group of people together and the majority of the participants reported that there were more words in the English language that start with the letter K than had the then had K as the third letter. But there are actually twice as many words in the English language that have K as the third letter as those that start with K. But words that start with K are much more easy to bring to mind. Yeah, yeah, because like when yeah. you bring it to mind, your mind thinks K. Yeah. You're like Kit Kat. Killa. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> with a K. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with what you said as being a natural thing to come to mind every yeah. time you think of K. Killa. Uh, there's also the representativeness heuristic, and that's uh, assuming an individual case is more representative than what it really is. Or you could say it's using a mental image or prototype to decide a thing. Like, uh, there was this YouTube uh, channel called AP Psych Fun, and uh, they brought an interesting example of the representativeness heuristic. And they said, so you know this person named Gail. You don't really know her, but you know some things about her. You know she likes chess, classical music, and buying cheap used books. But would you think she's a nurse or a librarian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're expecting you to make, like, yeah. And, and a lot on, of times people make broad assumptions yeah. about other areas of people's life based on very limited data. Yeah, so it's like a stereotype, kind of, or like using a prototype. Most people would say that she's... A librarian because yeah. she fits the mental oh, image of, course, of a librarian yeah. but it's actually more likely she's a nurse because there are so many more nurses in the world yeah it makes sense i mean i don't feel like libraries are as staffed with librarians as hospitals are <laughs> yeah. staffed with nurses yeah nor are there as many libraries yeah yeah 
Yeah, so uh, the base rate heuristic is making decision based on probability, and you would probably get the Gale question right using the base the base rate heuristic. Because if you know the probability of a person being a librarian versus a... Oh, you basically, that heuristic, you just tend towards the most likely outcome. Yeah. You, you over, yeah. Over, over like the other aspects of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's another example of a heuristic called anchoring and adjustment. And that talks about the human tendency to be more heavily influenced by the first piece of information offered. Mm. So if like you... Yeah, get, anchoring, like in sales. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in sales... Or like if you uh, show somebody a jar of jelly beans and then you tell them your guess, they're likely to be closer closer to exactly. you on your, your guess. Exactly. Your guess is going to give them a starting point from which to adjust now. And it's going to be really hard for them not to do not to do that like on a subconscious level. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm um, just like anchoring works. That's like that's how um, even when you like are bargaining. The salesperson usually has the upper hand because they've started by listing a price. Yeah, and then if you want to go down, you can't go down that far. Because you can't go down that far because that seems ridiculous. But their yeah. m- price might already be ridiculously high. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, anchoring and adjusting. And there's also naive diversification. So when people make several choices at once, they tend to make more diverse selections than if they were to make the decisions over time sequentially. So, okay. like, if you're making a meal plan, you'll uh, decide that you'll eat more diverse foods than if you just go out every day to eat. You'll tend to eat more of the same thing if you just go out to eat every day. Okay. Yeah. And it works like that with, like, a lot of other things. Like, if you plan ahead, you're going to make more diverse selections and more diverse choices. But if you don't plan ahead, you'll likely end up doing more of the same. Okay. Yeah. So that's so that's basically that one. How what is the shortcut cut part of that? Oh, what is the mental shortcut that you're taking? Oh well, it works on both ways, because if you're the heuristic of for the planning ahead is taking having a quicker route to diversification. If you're not planning ahead, you're deciding quickly to go with something you already want or have liked. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> There's the familiarity heuristic, and uh, the familiarity heuristic is a mental shortcut applied to various situations, where the individual assumes that circumstances underlying the past behavior still hold true for the present situation. So it's like I've seen this happen. Uh, it'll probably happen again. Okay. You know, is that similar to? maybe like a historical bias like thinking this because things have happened in the past they're likely to to yep. happen that way in the future yeah exactly yeah this is all kind of intertwined with like logical fallacies and cognitive biases right so when i was sense. looking into that i found heuristics and i'd always heard the word but never known what it was okay and so that kind of was what brought me to here someday we'll have a uh cognitive biases episode that'll be fun yeah it'll be like the part three that's familiarity Let's move on from that. <laughs> uh, the contagion heuristic had a really good quote from Wikipedia, and that's basically just avoiding seen, avoiding things seen as contaminated. And here's the quote from Wikipedia. It's actually cited to heuristic and biases, the psychology of intuitive development by Daniel Kahneman on page 212. But he writes, the contagion heuristic includes magical thinking, 
such as viewing a sweater worn by Adolf Hitler as bearing his negative essence and capable of transmitting it to another wearer. The perception of essence transfer extends to rituals to purify items viewed as spiritually contaminated, such as having Mother Teresa wear Hitler's sweater to counteract his (laughs) essence. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I get it. Or like you see somebody is uncool. Could that kind of apply to certain things, though, that like, like as a child, maybe like you you learn are dirty or you just believe are dirty but like as an adult you oh yeah totally you, you learn logically like you can manipulate this thing fine maybe wash your hands when you're done but like you can touch dirt or yeah. manure or or and then or and then further than that would also be like not wanting to ever touch somebody who's ever touched something that you've seen as contaminated yeah regardless of like its spreadability or at all, yeah. At all, yeah. There's also this is one of the cool ones, and it's I thought it was funny that it's named and thought about this much, but it's called the gaze heuristic, and it's basically knowing without thinking where an object in motion will be, like catching a ball. So use the gaze gaze, gaze heuristic to catch a ball every time. Okay. Yeah, like you don't calculate the trajectory. Yeah, yeah, of the yeah, ball. yeah. At least you're not just, consciously. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. You couldn't even do that if you wanted to. No. But you just know where to put your hand. Yep. So like you are using a heuristic because there's Yeah, your way brain's more... making some making some pretty intense calculations. Yeah. Um but not you as in your conscious mind. Yeah. You're not a yeah. savant when you catch a ball. Mm-mm. I mean I'm not. Oh yeah. I guess if you're a savant and you're playing catch, you are savant while you catch a ball. Yeah. Um uh... So another one is social proof, and that's when you assess a situation and assume that everyone else is doing a thing the correct way, and then you act accordingly. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Sometimes called, like, herd behavior, Yep. and it's one type of conformity, but it gets a little bit bigger. So, like, if a person has been unemployed for a long time, they might have a harder time finding a job, even if they're actually skilled or qualified, because employers wrongly will think that their unemployment is because they they suck and not that they're shitty, not that they're in a shitty situation. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then it can go the other way. Like if you have a shitty CEO, the social proof would hold them to hire in a higher light, regardless of their performance as a CEO, because Uh, they've held the CEO position. Position. Yep. Yeah. So they just have the, the social proof on their side. There's a framing of political identities. And in this one, like this one is like basically if you hear something aligns with your with your like ideologies then you're more likely to accept it and if you hear it doesn't align with your ideologies you're, you're more likely to reject it yeah, regardless, regardless of, of its the authenticity content. yeah yeah and uh they've actually done a study and found just that like they had two groups of people in both the liberal camp and the conservative camp and they showed both groups in both parties the same tax document and framed it in a way that was either conservatives like it or liberals like it. And then like 80% of them always went with their own party, regardless of what was actually on the tax the tax document That's funny. anyway. But taxes are complicated. Yeah. How would you know? And when in doubt, yeah, you're yeah. just gonna you're gonna do your best. I mean, I would go do with that. the information available. I'd do it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think that I could read a tax document very competently. <laughs> no. If I was in that test and I didn't know what I was being tested for, I'd probably just, you know, play yeah. along. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You got anything else you want to say about heuristics? Hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it for this episode. The Explanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Uh, I want to thank all my current patrons, Jonathan, Ben, Kevin, Nick, Tanner, Susan, and Alexis. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations. Check this out, though. We got our first email from a listener. Uh, Dylan Wilson, my friend from middle school and high school, he wrote to wrote to me saying, Dude, just heard your podcast for the first time, the Rat King one. Loved it, especially the last few minutes about not forcing your fancy rat on a guy. One summer, I spent in Vegas at my dad's. My stepsister's friend had a rat, and when we went into a movie theater, they told her she couldn't bring him in. She said she'd go put him in the car, but instead put on a hoodie and left him in her pocket, and during the movie, just played with him and his huge gross balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. They really do have giant ass nuts. Yeah, they do. Get it neutered. Yeah. Were you uh, breathing it? Yeah, she- uh, she took that thing everywhere and just let it crawl around and drag its nuts on everything. Oh, God. It made my buddy Kyle and I uncomfortable. Yeah. Then everything <laughs> is just covered in nut. Like, yeah, seriously. It, it touched nuts. Also, like, also, their nuts are like bald. Yeah. And they just. I think to say cool. They, they, can't even, they can't even stand tall enough that their nuts don't drag on anything. Oh, no. And their nuts are huge. And, yeah. and they don't stand that tall. Yeah. They got to be like really calloused. Oh, I think about that. Yeah. Like, oh like, man, can you imagine when they hit like a staple or a nail that's just like snagging uh, out of the wood a little bit? Oh uh, yeah. How many rats lose their sack <laughs> inside walls? I wonder. Yeah, uh, probably a lot. Maybe that's why they're like they die so fast. I learned about a marsupial possum, which is redundant. All possums <laughs> are marsupials. Uh, I learned about a possum that tucks its scrotum inside its pouch. The males have pouches as well as the females, and they really? uh, and they're rear facing so that water doesn't get in there. It's just smart. And they tuck their nuts in there when they swim. That's just it's smart. a water uh, water possum. That's a really good good evolutionary characteristic. Yeah, I I mean if I had a little nut pouch, I'd mm, I don't know. Well, I guess I guess otters. That's why just, male otters like their nuts shrink to like nothing um, every year, and then they regrow them back to like big nuts um, <laughs> during the mating season. Really, and that's how like most of the year they keep them from getting like snagged on sticks and twigs and you know uh, we're, rocks. We're gonna have to do an animal testicle episode. Sometime. Oh, animal anim, animal genitalia. Animal genitalia. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that's already on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Dylan, uh, thanks dude. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah. That was a good story. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well and I didn't know you're in Oregon, so I'll have to come up and visit you. Likely I got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or if you want to clarify something when we went over, or if you just want to tell me a story, hit me up at Dexplanationspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations or comment on the Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. We pretty much only grow with word of mouth, so please tell someone to subscribe. Oh, and as for you, I like the way you brush your hair, and I like those stylish clothes you wear. 
Bye now. Bye. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm.